The Radio Fam Podcast. TheRadioFam.com. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 6. I leave for NAB tonight. Uh, I'm taking a late flight out there, and I'm super excited to hang out with Dana Schaefer. She was actually on uh, episode. She was on season three, episode six. Uh, she's a radio nerd too. You know, we both are like like old like vintage collecting vintage radio things, and she also loves just like going to radio conferences. So this is our first NAB, and we're going to experience it together. So shout out Dana Schaefer. <laughs> um, this week's episode is particularly unique because we have our first guest that's not in the U.S. So all the way from Qatar, I have Khalid Sultan, who used to work in radio, but now he's doing his own podcasting thing. Um, he's His podcast is called Curated Advice for Better Living, and it's nice. It's one of those like, you know, you know, getting advice, it's exactly that, you know, from people all you know, of all different walks of life um, and how they provide advice for living a better life. And, you know, so if you're into like those kind of podcasts, you know, that insp- inspiring kind of thing, um, that's a podcast for you. So I've left, you know, obviously a link in the description. Um, so anyway, it was cool to, you know, Obviously, we probably could have talked for a lot longer, but to compare, you know, you'll, you'll see like a lot of the similarities the um, amongst radio here and radio there. So it's cool. You know, we all kind of experience the same shit. And it's really neat to see that this radio family is worldwide, you know, like I definitely see people connect from all over the world. But to have an actual conversation now with somebody was really awesome. So I hope to get more of these in here. But for now, hopefully you will be inspired to go do that thing that you keep telling yourself that you're going to do and you're not doing it. You're just waiting for the time to be right. But remember, the time's never going to be right. So go do it now. This is Radio Fam. You're looking out for the Radio Family. So that's the and that's why this resonates with a lot of people. Is uh, it's a community for people that work in radio, yeah, and not necessarily management. It's 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 a voice for people that work in radio, mm-hmm. and that's what I love about what you're doing. And just you know, keep at it. It's it's amazing. Thank you. I love it. Like and 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 honestly, just the fact that like people do notice it that aren't here in the U.S. is like crazy to me. You know what I mean? That like people know of it. It's awesome. Well deserved. We're a global family. My background was. Uh, is in media. So I had no intention of being in radio, essentially. You know, mm-hmm. I'd done my bachelor's in, uh, in media. And um, my only experience with radio at that point was early on. I think it was like freshman year. I, um, I did an internship. It was like a, a university radio. Mm-hmm. And that was my first experience. I never actually got on the radio. It was um, just writing. So right now I'm living in, in Qatar. And before then, I was in New Zealand. So I've been back and forth between New Zealand and Qatar, and I've also lived in the States. So I moved back to New Zealand to finish my master's uh, in media, film, and television. I, I never thought I could be on radio. Um, and at that time, I was just someone who you know, st- you know studies media and is passionate about media and takes part in different media projects, whether it was student films, things like that. I was more focused on, on writing, like creating content. And I would listen to these amazing radio shows. Like one time I tuned into the radio and they were, they had a, there was an interview with a rehabilitated arsonist. Uh, and I was like, okay, this is, this is so good. And they were talking to him. Basically the whole idea was like, why, why did you do this? Why did you enjoy burning things down? And um, the, the message was don't burn things down folks. But <laughs> it was just walking uh, the audience through that process. 
And it was just so interesting. Like they would have these conversations. I was like, wow, this is amazing. I, I finished, um, finished my studies, you know, started interning in television. And then I moved uh, back here and started interning in television, getting experience in a major network, um, doing interview producing. And that was really exciting, just getting experience, like booking guests, pre-interviews, preparing the presenters. And that gave me a lot of good skills. And as soon as I came here, I'd applied for the radio. And it wasn't until a year later that they called me and said, hey, we want to do a voice test. I was like, okay, that's, uh, that's exciting. I'm not sure what a voice test is. Yeah. And I show up. And they're like, okay, this is how it's going to go. We're going to give you an hour to write a script, like a short script, and then you're going to record it. So, so like, like a okay, commercial? No, not a commercial, like a little, in, like a short, uh, entertaining, informative. So it had to be entertaining, but also informative. Okay. So they gave me a computer. Okay, here you go. You have an hour. I'm like, crap, like, uh, <laughs> what do I do? You know, I, I put me on the spot. I'm a curious person. So I go down these rabbit holes and I was learning about, you know, the avocado trade and how avocado, like there's a, there's a criminal element to avocados. You know, there's a, the cartel that's involved in Mexico uh, who tax, you know, uh, farmers, avocado farmers. And where I was living in New Zealand, there was a lot of like robberies. So the, the avocado prices spiked. I know it sounds ridiculous, but the avocado prices spiked and people are used to eating avocados over there. So the prices went up. So people started robbing trucks and there was farms that had to get security to protect their farms. Like avocado was the, the green gold. So I remembered that and I started writing about that researching. I talked about the history and then the consequences on, on the, on the environment and, um, and the criminal aspect of it. Then they're like, okay, now you're gonna go record. This is the first time I'm going to record something for radio, and there's just a bunch of them outside the studio. Everyone's like looking at me through the, oh my God. the glass. I'm just like, you must stop looking at me. <laughs> I'd be so nervous. I hate it, I hate it. Um, so everyone's looking at me, and I'm like, okay, you know, I just, at that point, you just, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? So I just went for it, I recorded, and we did two takes. They, they were like, okay, this is great. Um, we'll have the manager um, look at it and then call you back. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure how it went, but apparently, you know, he loved it. And yeah, uh, they offered me, basically, they offered me a job. Essentially, it was supposed to be a, like a permanent contract, but I was working, like I was going to work with them as a freelancer for a little while. They were relaunching the radio and they wanted help with that. Okay. And um, I was working with them as a freelancer until my contract was done. Uh, long story short, I never got that contract, right? Oh. I was a freelancer for, for over two years uh, with them. Oh, wow. Uh, which is part of the reason that I decided uh, I decided to move on among many things, among many things. You, you, you dream about being on the radio. You dream about being on television. You dream about, you know, actually working in media, but then you get there and you realize that when you're a part of an institution and there's management involved and there's a bureaucracy, it really destroys that creative, um, uh, you lose that creative freedom. So many experiences in the radio. I, I grew a lot. I learned a lot of skills. Uh, one thing that I decided to move on, I, I decided to move on from the radio about four or five months 
uh, ago, things weren't going so well uh, during COVID and we had salary cuts. Oh, was, what were you doing? Like just a bunch of like, like a show or a bunch of just different? That's, that's a good question. See, mm -hmm. I'm completely skeptical. They were relaunching and uh, I've done a bunch. I've done everything, you know, I've okay. done co-hosting morning shows to, uh, this is my favorite thing was uh, interview shows. That's, uh, that's, that's where I really found myself doing interviews talking to different people. So I had a show called Guest of the Week and then there was a show called Me, You and Guest. I would find people from the community, whether they're entrepreneurs or artists or unique people with interesting stories and I'd have them on the radio and interview them. That was when my idea actually. I was telling them, we need to, since it's a local station and this is the power of radio, right? Yeah. Is our listenership is here, it's local. So we need to start giving them content that's relevant to them. Talking to people in the community highlighting events highlighting things that's what i think that's what the power of radio is it's yeah. to serve the listenership and the community it's not you know we don't have to you don't have to pretend uh uh you know we're a radio station in the u.s or, or somewhere else no we're a radio station that's based in guitar serving a listenership that's here and that's something we should focus on and highlight mm -hmm. so once the mindset shifted you know, we started having these shows. I was interviewing people um, from the community. It started to gain traction. Eventually, management started to get involved, pushing, you know, uh, certain guests that they wanted and, and, and taking control. You know how it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's the same over there as it is here. <laughs> everywhere. There, there seems to be a theme um, yeah. in the radio everywhere. Yeah, so I did that show. I did... Um, you know, different news segments, uh, reporting on events, literally everything. But the thing, the, the, the shows where I found myself was talking to people, interviews. And bear in mind, those were really short. I mean, those are short interviews that were usually like, you know, either five minutes or 10 minutes, depending on the show. And during COVID, they wanted engagement. So I was like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have an audio one for the radio, and then I'm going to have a video version which I'm going to edit myself and put it on social media. I'm sure you've seen the, the video one. Mm -hmm. That was yep. pure, purely my idea. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I got to do a lot of good stuff. I got a lot of skills over there. I mean, some people choose to specialize in one thing. One, mm -hmm. one thing that I did, and I, I'm so glad that I did, was I tried to learn everything. So I had no experience when it comes to audio editing I learned audio editing. I learned, uh, you know, obviously improved my interview, interviewing skills, um, everything, interview producing skills, um, just using the system, live shows, everything. I tried to yeah. learn everything I could. And then those skills are finally, uh, I've been able to adapt now for you know my podcast where I have my own creative freedom. Mm. So that's it in a nutshell. You know, storytelling is my passion. I've tried mm -hmm. creative writing. It's always been trying to tell stories. Um, I left by choice. I decided to move on and I decided to focus on podcasting. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I've applied those skills. So I finally launched my podcast, which is called Curated Advice on Better Living. I was thinking about launching a podcast while I was on the radio. And I remember I was talking to one of my co-hosts, uh, DJ Chloe about the podcast and you know in between in between the you know play the music on the show mm -hmm. and have little breaks and we start talking about it and she was like well, you know when are you gonna when are you gonna launch this podcast and i was just stuck in the creative uh creative phase for a long time like even the name i got stuck in the name because every time i think of something and it's brilliant i'd go 
search it and I'm like, damn, somebody has already taken it out. Worst. Yeah, uh-huh. And it's like someone who's already put out, who's put out like three episodes and they have been inactive like for two years. It's always something <laughs> yeah, like that. Sometimes you need to kind of put yourself in those situations where, you know, you, you have the, the, the motivation and the drive to do something. So mm-hmm. I finally launched the podcast. You know, some of the, I, I, the first episode, I remember, so I have a friend of mine, Moby, and we decided to go to his farmhouse and we recorded the first episode in his farm. It was really good. We were talking about the creative process. Since then, I've been consistently putting out episodes every week, having amazing conversations. Some of the conversations I had are with people that I interviewed on the radio. This time we could go way more deeper and it's okay. unfiltered. And I'm producing the podcasts from A to Z. So, you know, it's my creative judgment. We can talk about this. We can talk about that. The conversations. I started off by putting the first episode out. It was like 30 minutes long. And then people were like, we want more. We want more. We want more. Oh, wow. And yeah. Now the episodes are like an hour long. And people are, people are enjoying that. The audience is enjoying that because you could really go deep. And we get to talk, we get to discuss all sorts of things. So, yeah, I've had many conversations with guests, um, that I've had on the radio and other other guests on all sorts of topics. But one thing that I tried to focus on, so, you know, they say if you're, if you have a podcast, you should have a, a, a like a, a niche or something mm. to focus on. I didn't want to limit myself. I want to be able to talk to different people about different topics. So I called it curated advice on better living because the, the underlying theme is living a better life. So all conversations at the end, I kind of tie it into that theme. And I always wrap every conversation with, asking the guest, what's your advice on how to live a better life? And it's amazing. Everybody has different answers. Some are practical, some are more spiritual, some are more philosophical. And I'm just collecting these, you know, pieces of advice from everybody. And the audience enjoys it. And it's just, it's been, it's been amazing. I'm always asking kind of people to like evaluate, you know, like what's make, what makes them happy in life and like, what are the different things that you can change? You know, like, you know, the little things that are in your control. Cause some people, you know, that's the big thing is like not putting all your, um, you know, value in like your radio job or whatever, because then you lose that and then you have nothing. So it's like, what are the other pieces? And I always think it's interesting too, you know, what, people value differently you know everybody's so different and what makes them happy yeah and you touched on something that's important a lot of people base their identity on on their jobs or on external factors which we often don't have control over right mm-hmm. so there's this whole theory of you know are you a, com- a compulsive reactor are you react com- compulsively reacting to things external things i mean are we, I'm talking about messages or, or, or losing a job or someone saying something or looking at you the wrong way or someone cutting you off in traffic or waking up on the wrong side of bed. There's just constantly these external factors that influence us and we become compulsive, rea- like compulsive reactors where we react. Yeah. You know, just by having these conversations with guests, some of them share all sorts of things. Some of them share advice that's more practical like whether it's you know exercise exercise is a big one right uh, mm-hmm. or, or being around nature or some of them are more focused on personal boundaries you know protecting your energy that's a really important thing yeah um, some people would focus on more philosophical things it's just each individual each guest is unique 
Mm-hmm. Each one of them has been through their own personal experiences. And I try to encourage that, by the way. I try to ex- encourage people to talk about their mistakes, regrets, things they've done wrong, things they've done right, what we've learned about that. Because I'm trying to serve the audience. And I'm also, you know, I, I also enjoy the the conversations. I learn a lot from them. I'm, just not, I'm not just having the conversations. I'm editing them. Then when they're out, I listen to them. So I'm constantly shifting these little hats, whether it's, me being an interviewer like you're doing now and then you're going to shift the hat and you know become an editor uh and then you can put the hat of a listener on which is i think the most fun right where there's no no strings attached it's just you know you get to enjoy it but yeah it's been, it's been brilliant it's been brilliant like you don't need the radio to do that that's uh that's what a lot of people don't understand and i see this with some of my colleagues in radio who I've been in radio for a very long time. Very talented people. I respect them so much, but it's hard for them to move on from the radio, even if they're not happy, even if management is taking advantage of them. And that seems to be a theme uh, around the world when it comes to radio, right? Um, They're struggling to move on. So what you're doing is amazing. You're supporting Mm -hmm. the radio community. You're highlighting that. You're sharing the, the reposting the content so if you had started the podcast while you were still working there would they want to have like their hands on it i'm not sure but i wouldn't be surprised sure because sure. there is that mentality of oh oh you work for us you're in the radio everything you do outside the radio anything that's creative belongs to us and you even need permission to do for example if i want to do voiceover gigs um on the side, you need to get special permission and, and, and things signed. It's a whole process. And this is what I love about podcasting. This is why podcasting is powerful. And when I mentioned podcasting in front of some of my you know, former colleagues, uh, they felt threatened. Oh. They felt threatened. And that's the wrong mentality. You see, even though I was in radio, I didn't feel threatened. I saw it as an opportunity because it's perfect. Radio, mm-hmm. you have radio skills. You can apply that to podcasting. Podcasting is decentralized, as in, like you mentioned, there is no middleman. There is no network. You know, like being on radio was, it, it seemed so impossible for so many people. Even for myself, I've always, in the back of my mind, always wanted to be on radio, but I never thought it was possible mm-hmm. until I actually did it. Obviously, there's the voice. There's a bunch of other aspects, and there's luck as well, mm-hmm. right timing. Uh, I yep. applied a long time ago, and the opportunity came. They were relaunching. Blah, blah, blah. Things fell into place. So there's a lot of talented people out there. So with podcasting, anybody can find their voice. So that's why I called the workshop um, How to Start a Podcast, Finding Your Voice. And it was about empowering people, regardless of where you're from, your background, your sexuality. There's an audience out there for you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter like how, how small that audience is. If you are a parent of a child that has a specific condition or disability, there are other people that have children like that. Uh, and so by creating a, a creating a podcast, you're reaching that community. You're making feel making people feel like they're not alone. And that's the beauty of podcasting. Anybody can start a podcast. If you figure out your why and what, uh, things will fall into place. So first thing is, why do you want to start a podcast? And you need to answer that honestly. And the answer could just be for fun. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that removes the pressure from you trying to get a certain amount of views, right? Trying yes. to get uh, this many downloads and views to get ads. And No, if you're doing it for fun, then then even you don't even have to put out content every single week. I you agree. can put out content whatever, once a month, whatever. It, it's a hobby. It's a passion. You're having fun with it. 
So you can use it for that or you can try to pursue it professionally, like with my podcast. For me, it's a space, first and foremost, to have creative freedom and have conversations with people. But of course, down the line, if it's something that I can monetize uh, somehow, mm -hmm. that would be amazing. You know, yeah. I have to be completely open about that because that's that would be a dream. Mm -hmm. uh, that means I wouldn't have to do all these other jobs. And I just, before we did, this is why I cut a bit out of breath. I just recorded a voiceover before I came here. And it was a, it was a nine page script. They didn't tell me I got the script like 20 minutes before. Really? I show yeah. Nine page script. It was just, Oh, <laughs> you have to be flexible. You have to just kind of, you know, get on with it. Right. And, uh, I would go and do those voiceover jobs. That's how I'm getting by right now. You know, after leaving the radio, voiceover jobs. Uh, I did the workshop. Workshop is something I want to focus on. Yeah, tell me a little more about that. It was for VCU University, Virginia Commonwealth University. Okay. They have a branch campus over here. It's an art school here. So it's open to creativity. And they had this. They have this event, which is amazing. So much respect for them for hosting this event. It's called, it's called Plasmeme Radical Futures. And it's all about, all about the future. It's all about uh, whether it's the metaverse or rethinking the way we consume things or, or clothing and sustainability. It's all about rethinking and imagining the future. And so, you know, podcasting being decentralized, you know, kind of, fits into that as giving people a voice. And so it was a two day in-person workshop. Was it like a bunch of students or like adults too? It was all students except for uh, two professors that were there that attended, yeah. So the rest of it was just students in the university. It was about 15 students. And that was the maximum capacity because of COVID that we were allowed. Yeah, and bear in mind, this was my first workshop. So it was a, it was a great experience. Yeah, the fact I'd be so nervous. Like I tried to do an online one once, and nobody was interested in it. <laughs> oh yeah, nervous. Of course. I mean, it's normal to feel a little nervous. I was a little nervous, but uh, that and also excited. And in general, and I'm sure you feel the same way. I mean, you're you're interviewing me right now. You're having me on on a podcast. Yeah. Like I have the ability to kind of work on the spot. So. You know, the way I divided it was we, we went through the worksheet. The first day was creative process. So they have all these questions and exercises they have to go through. Okay. And then after they're done, you know, obviously I'd present some content and share some information. Then they would think about that. Uh, and then each section, they would discuss it with their groups. And then I'll go around to every table and talk to them, see how they're doing. And then later we'd have like a group, like a class discussion. And I did like a Q&A. And it was just a, it's a great process. Two things I really enjoyed the second day. I did a Q&A where they could just ask me anything and I answered as honestly and as openly and they loved it uh, about podcasting, the, the good, the bad, uh, the mistakes, uh, everything. I just answered, you know, from the heart, yeah. really, and they, they loved it. And some of them would ask four questions at a time and I'm like, slow down, you know, like I'm trying to process everything one question at a time. It's like four questions in one. Yeah, but uh, it was the moment where I got them. Where they actually got to record, you know, that their their eyes lit up. They were enjoying. They had the there's a big mixer, right? And um, you know, I, I plugged in two mics, uh, had both of them start a conversation, and one of them just put the headphones in and just play with the the sound, like the, the input volume. And they're having a discussion and then I'd, I'd add another mic and then someone would join and then a fourth mic, suddenly there's four people on a mic and they're having a conversation about cats uh, and it's, it's super random and this person that's listening and then I'm shifting people around 
And it's just to, to kind of break the ice because I feel with a lot of things, podcasting included, you just have to you have to do it. You know, once you do it, it's no longer alien. It's no longer as scary. And I'm sure you've experienced that before. Uh, whether it's video editing, whatever new thing you got to do, uh, just do it. And I've had, I went through the learning process. Yeah, I had all those skills in radio. But once I started a podcast, I didn't know anything about getting my podcast on all these different, uh, like like Apple, for example, was not easy to you know get the podcast on or mm-hmm. um, everything from cover art to recording technical difficulties this and that just it's a learning process and there's so much so much work like the amount of bandwidth you need to create content and you know this i see running your head (laughs) it's so much work and people don't understand like at the end of the day let's say you put out like a short let's say an episode an hour long episode the amount of work that goes into it that's just i mean finding guests you're booking guests and then you're recording these conversations, right? And then after this, you're going to have to edit the conversation and then you have to distribute it and then you have to promote it. So there's so much work that goes into it. And it's only people that, uh, you know, that are creatives that do this kind of work that really appreciate the amount of work that goes into podcasting. I'm focused on building a community. And I know with Radio Fam, that's what you've done very well, actually, is build this whole community and when you build that community they are a part of the discussion they give you feedback they guide you they suggest guests like i've i had an amazing another amazing guest who is um she's an actress and she does all these plays and they're focused on um so she's albanian right Mm -hmm. so a lot of these plays are linked to albanian culture and these incredible plays about dark topics like human trafficking and blood feuds and things like that. And like one of my friends reached out and he was like, how do you find these guests? Yeah. The truth is I don't, I don't find these guests, you know, they find me. Mm -hmm. And I I know, I'm sure, I'm sure you you experienced that, you know, where someone reaches out or someone's like, you need to talk to this person or, Oh, I know someone who can talk about this topic or suddenly you're getting all these suggestions and uh and yeah i have this one rule that i I usually don't break unless i know the person is i always Uh go go out with the person for a conversation in radio i didn't do that it was a phone conversation but for the podcast i go out with the person for a cup of coffee tea just have a casual conversation get to know them feel the chemistry pick up on a few topics and then when we have the conversation i can navigate the the conversation i don't have any scripts or anything but i have okay I'm like, I can navigate. There's a story arc, you know, there's the beginning, middle, and then end. Time to finish, I hit them with the, what's your advice on how to live a better life? I, I like your creative process. I like when people talk through what they do because it's 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 just interesting to me. I know I'm a, I'm a little bit all over the place. Oh, no, I, I am too. That's- you're honestly, you're, you're a great interviewer. And I'm not usually this talkative because I'm usually the one interviewing people. So right. I'm asking the right questions, and, and, and but this is an opposite kind of dynamic. So. I, I'm the provider of, of content and I'm going to share something interesting, uh, but it will give you some insight into the radio that I worked in, right? Yeah. Like I said, I can't get into too many details, but uh, there are employees that are hired to listen to the radio. Like they pay people to like spy like on you guys? There's, yeah, there's the, the other room where people are listening. And the reason that this is how we know that if you make a mistake on air, you, know, you say the wrong thing, or if one time we had like dead air for a while, there's some technical difficulty, very short, 
someone just opened the door. What happened? And we're like, whoa, who are you? Like, we haven't seen you. And they're like in some little closet room. And so, you know, it, when it comes to, when it comes to radio and it comes to media, you know, it's all about who's funding the radio, right? Who's funding? Media is expensive, right? We all know that television, media, radio, it's an expensive um, operation. How I started to think about podcasting differently was when I first got into it. Yeah, it's a creative outlet, but you know, I wanted to get increase my downloads and audience because eventually I wanted, you know, to generate revenue. But then I started to think, ah, because of my podcast, I get to have these cool conversations. Because of my podcast, I get to talk to people who I usually wouldn't get an opportunity to talk to. But when you tell people, hey, I want to have you on a podcast, they're they're excited. So if it's like a CEO of a big company or some artist and stuff. You give them opportunity to talk about themselves and what they're doing. They're going to jump on that opportunity. Yeah. So, you know, it's even for me, it's hard to keep up. I'm sure you have like a lot of podcasts that you're, you know, that you're supposed to record and it's hard to keep up, especially if you're doing all the work by yourself. Right. It's an amazing opportunity. Adding the podcast element to the radio fan brand has just done worlds for that. And and I do agree with you that do the stuff for fun. And as I'm watching other people that are successful with these type of things, that's how it starts out. Like the ones that are fun and then it eventually becomes fruitful for them. So I'm excited like people like you that are, that are doing something to continue to watch the journey and see where it goes. Just to give them a glimpse of a preview um, outside of the U S. Yeah. So I did a lot of voiceover jobs through the radio. I didn't get paid for them, but it was more like, oh, you work for the radio. You know, the manager needs some favors. So here's some voiceover stuff. One of them in specific, and this was the one that inspired me to make my, um, make my account on social media public. Okay. Well, this is, this is nobody, most people don't know this story. This is a, you know, very um, exclusive. One of the, you know, not managers, but someone under the manager, um, and she has no experience in radio and doesn't really understand the, the creative people. She looks at radio from a completely different perspective. She sends me this uh, short script on WhatsApp. Um, and this is outside working hours. And she's like, listen, the manager needs you to record this as soon as possible. I don't know what it's for. I have no idea. It's something that's COVID related. So I'm like, I'm not even home. She's like, whatever, I need it quick. So I'm like, okay. This is, this is, this is wild. It gets really wild here. I recorded on my phone. I just literally one take record on my phone, whatever, no biggie, send it to her. Not long after that, there's this video going around, uh, of this robot, you know, there's a, for one, for a period of time, there was, there were these robots going around the country uh, you know, basically announcing like COVID restrictions and they even have drones flying around. Mm. It was quite dystopian, you know, very yeah. sci-fi. And my brother sends me the video and he's like, Hey man, is that, is that robot your voice? And I'm like, no, that can't be. And I start listening to it. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? That was that thing I recorded on my phone and I sent to her. Yeah. Now my voice is on a robot that's going around the country. You know, oh, like, so it was like the actual voice coming out of the robot. That was the actual voice coming out of the robot with like special cameras scanning people. And that, that information would be used to like penalize people for COVID restrictions. I'm telling you, it was, it was wild. Oh. And I saw that and I was, I was, 
I was in shock. I'm like, holy, like, damn, like that's that's my voice. Nobody told me. Yeah. Nobody. I didn't get permission to this. I didn't get paid for this. Like, I didn't know. I recorded that in my car. Someone was with me at the time. Like, they they're a witness to this on my phone. No biggie. Whatever. It's just one of those things. Like, oh, the manager's asking for some task. Fine. And I see that and I'm in shock and then it goes viral. It goes viral everywhere and nobody mentions my name and all these pages are, are, are look at the COVID robot and, and I'm like, what is going on? Nobody mentioned my name. And then I start reaching out to these pages. I'm like, hey guys, can you at least credit me? Like, can you, sorry, you know, we got this from, you know, uh, it was, uh, I can't remember, the Ministry of Interior or something, uh-huh. right? And so after that, I was really upset and I was talking to that, that lady that I know from social media and she was like, listen, you need to make a public account. You need to take credit for this. You need to start posting, you know? And that's the moment that I realized that, you know, if I don't post as a creative person, post and take credit for my work. So I made the video and I announced it like, hey guys, I'm, I'm excited to announce like I did the, obviously I didn't tell people how it went down, but I was like, I did the voice for the robot. Um, as if like I knew what it was for I wanted to make the most out of that situation because there was nothing I could like nothing I could do yeah so that's an exclusive story not many people know about that a lot of my friends a lot of people around me don't know that story and it's an exclusive for radio fans I love that so I think then a good way to and this one is then to ask you your own question how you would give advice on better living oh you reversed better life. I, I reversed you this time <laughs> my advice on how to live a better life you see with the, with the podcast i'm i'm collecting uh I'm collecting data i'm collecting i'm thinking about one day compiling all the people's answers and having a, a book kind of like humans of new york you know with the pictures and, yes. and everybody's answers that's something i'm thinking about down the line that'd be great one thing that i'm trying to focus on and that i'm trying to improve is protecting one's energy right I like that. protecting setting boundaries with people if you feel like some people are giving you anxiety some people are you know draining your energy there's people i call uh, the energy vampires you know they just mooch off your energy I yeah. i'm sure you can relate <laughs> <laughs> they, you spend a bit of time with them and by the end of it you're drained you're like ah you're an introvert, so mm -hmm. I'm sure you like mega relate to this. Yeah. Uh, it's not easy, but trying to uh, not be not be so reactive to everything. We're constantly reacting to things, and I'm saying this to myself as much as I'm as I am saying it to you or the audience because I'm not perfect. These are things I'm a work in progress. There's a lot I need to work mm -hmm. on, mm -hmm. and and I think that's an also very important to realize that it's all a process. There is no uh, one of my guests actually said this. Uh, she said that she was in the pursuit of enlightenment and she would travel the world and she'd do yoga in India. And then she went to this Buddhist monk and she saw this this uh, this monk and, you know, he, he, he looked at her one day and he said, do you think I put on this yellow robe and then suddenly I'm enlightened? He's like, no, every day I show up and meditate. You know, every day it's a pursuit of enlightenment every day it's not a certain point but it's it's a journey protecting your energy it's all about you know not letting setting those personal boundaries which i'm working on not letting if you, if you feel like sometimes you can't describe why but certain people make you feel off they make you feel mm -hmm. anxious they give you a bad vibe and if that's how you feel you know then maybe you should you know set certain boundaries 
to protect your own energy because your energy is all you have at the end of the day. And if someone's affecting that, that's going to affect you. But if you're feeling good and you protect your energy, you have good energy, that will overflow and then that will affect people around you. So one of the things that I like to focus on is don't get caught up with too many things around the world, trying to change the world. You know, when we're younger, you know, when we're, we're in university, we want to change the world and we want to do this. And, and, and that's fine. And I respect that. But then you go through life and you realize, okay, maybe I, I, um, I need to work on myself first. Mm-hmm. You know? and, 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 and that's more powerful because what do you have control over? It's your energy. It's yourself. If you start by focusing on yourself and, and if everybody does that, that will ripple, that will ripple to the people around you. And then the people around you, they're feeling better and they work on themselves that will ripple throughout society. And so I think, uh, you know, individual responsibility in the sense that, uh, in the sense of focusing on oneself, your individual responsibility for yourself, you don't have to fix the, and and I'll address mainly the young people Mm because I had this mentality. You don't have to fix the world's problems. It's not your responsibility to fix everything. If you focus on yourself and bettering yourself just by, you know, I wouldn't say consequence because consequence is kind of negative, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, a, it's a positive way of saying that if you're able to take care of yourself and that positively affects the people around you, then it's the ripple effect. But that whole concept of, trying to change all trying to change the world trying to take on these big causes you know what i mean i mean i can name so many of them yeah they're important but i, I believe that change starts within it's i think it's the same thing as love too you know if you love yourself first it's so much easier to love other people it sounds so cliche but it's so true you know it is true and that's you know what that's one thing that i mentioned on the podcast when i was having a conversation about uh modern dating and relationships with one of my former um like colleagues, co-hosts mm-hmm. from the radio. And um, that's another good episode. It was the, we talked about, you know, his journey coming into radio, the truth, how it happened. On, on that episode, I spoke about a moment where I was going through a bad relationship. And I remember I was outside and one of my cousins, he walked by and he's like, he just imparted this, uh, it was almost like a guru, you know, he imparted this little bit of wisdom and then he, he, he walked away. And it was sunset. It was very cinematic. (laughs) But he he looks at me and he's like, listen, a relationship is made up of two individuals, right? Mm -hmm. Two individuals that don't need anybody that are happy on their own. And then together they're happier. And I never thought about it that way. And that links to what you were saying. If, if, If you don't put in the work, if you don't take responsibility for taking care of this individual, then you won't be able to show up in other relationships. And that links to what, we, what you were talking about. If they're underpaying people like they do in radio and media, if you're underpaying people, you're not valuing people. This is why I walked away. Mm-hmm. I just didn't feel valued and I walked away. Some people can't walk away. Yeah. And I understand that it's not easy, especially if this is all you know. If, if you're you know not valuing people, if you're, you know, you're not giving them time to recharge, to look after themselves, then they won't be able to show up and show, you know, give you the best. Yeah, I know. It seems so like... You would think they would have figured that out by now, but somehow the cycle keeps repeating itself. And I think with the enlightenment thing too, what you, a good point, what you were saying is that the it's important for people to understand that it's a work in progress for everybody, that no matter how 
much it looks like somebody has it all figured out, nobody has it all figured out. It's a process for everybody every day. You're listening to the Radio Fam Podcast. Find the Radio Fam on all the social platforms at the Radio Fam.